0: The Lord be with you. Yes, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The Pharisees approached Jesus and asked, Is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? They were testing him. He said to them in reply, What did Moses command you? They replied, Moses permitted a husband to write a bill of divorce and dismiss her. But Jesus told them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. In the house, the disciples again questioned Jesus about this. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And people were bringing children to him, that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked him. When Jesus saw this, he became indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me, do not prevent them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Amen. I say to you, Whoever does not accept the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. Then he embraced them and blessed them, placing his hands on them. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord. We celebrate this 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The Tabernacle Candle burns in the church this week in loving memory of Marjorie Ann LaVille. The second collection this weekend is for security. This collection is taken up three times a year and helps pay for off-duty police protection of our campus during the weekend. the weekend masses. The Tuesday 5.30 p.m. Latin Mass this week has been canceled. Uh, Please disregard the bulletin notice about it. Uh, However, Thursday's Latin Mass for the Peace of Our Lady of the Holy Rosary will be offered as scheduled. Please bring any goods to be donated for the Hurricane Ida relief to the parish office no later than noon this Thursday. A list of items needed can be found on the parish website as well as on the church's bulletin boards. Our RCIA program has begun. It begins on on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Uh, so we would invite anyone and encourage anyone who is interested in becoming Catholic, considering becoming Catholic, or curious about the Catholic faith, or if you know someone who is, uh, to do uh, to do, extend an invitation to them as well uh, to be able to attend uh, these small group uh, small group offerings, uh, to be able to ask questions and to pray together. So they call the parish office for more information. And lastly, there are uh, several weekend retreats uh, for men who are discerning the priesthood. Uh, they're taking place, uh, there's two at, one at each of the seminaries locally, one at Notre Dame, one at St. Joseph's, and another uh, additional one uh, just for a vocation discernment in general for the men. the flyers are in the back of the church for the youths. It's not good for the man to be alone. As our Lord created Adam, it was recognizing that all the other animals around him didn't satisfy the human heart. As much as Adam might have delighted in the zebras and the giraffes and whatever other animals there might have been on that day where he was bestowing names upon them, nothing fit. It was only whenever he saw Eve, the woman who was taken from his side, as Genesis tells us, that he is be able, able to delight and fill with joy and to cry out, at last, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Right? So much one like me. One created who is like me. With this, we recognize that man is not meant to be alone. None of us are meant to be islands unto ourselves. We must have others. There must be a connection with others around us. This is why we naturally congregate as humans in communities. We naturally grow up into little cities or societies or small towns or large ones. We are drawn necessarily to one another, to rely upon one another, to be in communion with one another. And while we have this is the understanding of our communal nature it is that the Lord also gives a particular relationship to those who are called, not simply to be able to love others as friends or as family or as someone whom we can connect with on some particular level, but to recognize that there is <coughs> excuse me, that there is one particular person to which another is able to be drawn and attached, so that the two become one flesh, so that the two become one period. We understand this so certainly as the gift of matrimony, of married life. It is this thing that our Lord also bestows upon the human race as a tremendous good, a thing which is able to fulfill many hearts, a place wherein humanity continues to grow and increase and hopefully to find some stability. This is the goods of marriage in many ways. We recognize that it is a place where a child can have both father and mother. It is a place where there can be a stability rather than simply uh, a coming and going of individuals uh, as a friend or a neighbor may simply move, and that is that, and, and they've, they've gone away, that a spouse is there for good. That There is a stability there for the individuals themselves, the husband and the wife, as well as for the raising of the children place of strength for them. We recognize also that the marriage proposes that it is good for the spouses, uh, that there is a mutual building up in some manner of the individuals who enter into the sacred matrimony. Even the world recognizes the goodness of these things. This is the reason why why the world would offer uh, some sort of tax breaks uh, or these kinds of things to be able to emphasize the goodness of marriage to society. It benefits not just the individual. It doesn't just benefit the church. It benefits the entirety of the world. Marriage is the basic cell. The family is the the basic cell, the foundation of society as a whole. And for this, it must be praised. It must be honored. We recognize also that in the church, marriage is lifted up and exalted as the family life, as being an icon of the Blessed Trinity. But the love of a husband and a wife, as St. Paul tells us, are called to be images of the love of Christ for his church. A sacrificial love, a generous love, a completely outpouring love. These are wonderful things. It is a good to contemplate the goods of marriage, the goodness of marriage in our society, the goodness of it in the world as well as in the church. We recognize also that in many places this good is not fully acknowledged. In recent years, America has tried to rewrite the definition of what is marriage. Now, it doesn't have to be male and female. It could, be, it could be three people in some places, if you like. It could be more. It could be to your cat. Uh, it could be all kinds of crazy things that don't benefit society, that don't benefit individuals, that don't benefit anything other than the person in their own needs, as we might call them. This, of course, would not be marriage. Marriage is not a place wherein one goes to fulfill oneself. If that is the goal of marriage, please do not get married. <laughs> Marriage is a sacrament of service, not of being served. It is a sacrament of generosity, not of gimme, 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 and so many words, right? It calls something out of the person, and this is why it is a sacrament. This is why it is a thing that gives grace, because it is a thing that needs grace. This generous self-gift that coincides and, and follows in line with God's will. Again, these are the reasons why it is a good. And so it's also to recognize why when our Lord condemns those who would seek divorce and remarriage, it's good to understand what our Lord is emphasizing here and why he means what he means. When our Lord tells us these words, which in so many places, even in the life of the church, people would simply like to dismiss or to, to say, what well, was our Lord only saying as a, as a you know, he was, he was a man of his age. You know, he was a, a man of the times. He was just kind of stuck in those old days. We've moved on. We're more enlightened now. We, we, have, we have different social norms that ought to be observed, and the gospel doesn't really apply here. People may not say that, but that's really what they mean in so many ways. But the fact is that our Lord has spoken these things. He said that if one divorces and remarries, then one commits adultery. And we have to deal with that. You have to wrestle with that. We can't just dismiss it as that was old days. Because the old days still apply in the new days. Because it's Jesus Christ who said it. It wasn't just another individual among individuals. It was the God who created us in the first place. He's the one who said these things. So, what do we do with it? Well, we recognize this distinction elsewhere made in the gospel, wherein our Lord also speaks of uh, the, the clause is added if the marriage is, un, is um, and he says, unless the marriage is unlawful, right? There's a point at which our Lord speaks about certain marriages not being in, in, in concert with the Lord's will, not being the same as what God had desired. And here we can understand that that some separation may take place. So our Lord is not simply saying, if you're married, you're married always and only, no matter what, period, hard, stop. There's nuance here. The church understands this as well. We recognize that divorce is to separate a thing that has been united, right? It's divided. And that's what our Lord speaks of. And that's what happens in every marriage ceremony in the Catholic Church. After the bonds are made, after the vows are exchanged, the priest or the minister says, What God has joined, no man can separate. It is a reminder to us that we cannot divide that which God has joined together, the two that have become one flesh. The church also, though, has the process of annulment, which some people see as Catholic divorce. It's not. An annulment is recognizing that the union had not happened in the soul in the first place. It is a different thing than saying you can split up. It's simply saying that it wasn't there to start, and therefore you are free to marry. This is what the church looks at during the process of annulment, and this is why they ask the many questions that they do. If you know of anyone who's ever gone through the process, or you've been through it yourself, you understand this. It's the church seeking to understand what was taking place in the marriage? The simple reality is that the Lord is not an unjust, an unjust man. But in speaking the words that he says here, they are hard words, especially for one who divorces and seeks remarriage. They are certainly hard words, but it's to the church that one must fly in such a situation to be able to seek this discernment of whether an annulment. Uh, is present there, whether the bond is binding previously. But in the end, is to recognize that in all of these things, it is the good of marriage that our Lord is trying to uphold. And saying that one could simply divorce his wife, and that they could simply separate and, and they can each go their own way and do their own thing, would be able to say that I didn't really mean it is to be able to, to take this thing that is the icon of the trinity and the image of the love of Christ in his church and to say, it's really not that important though, which would be false. Marriage is not a contract. Marriage is not just simply a set of, if I do this, you do this, and we'll both be happy and stay in this thing. That is not marriage. It might look like marriage in a lot of ways externally, but it is not the thing that God intends. Marriage is a covenant. It is the joining of two that become one. It's the joining of souls, not simply of homes. It's the joining of two individuals such that they become entirely different, but yet entirely the same. Joined together, joined to another, and yet holy themselves. Their marriage is a place of fruitfulness and holiness as well as in children. These are the things that our Lord desires to lift up and to exalt. The goodness of marriage that is something that is not simply cast away. It is not lightly set aside. It is a grave thing, a serious thing, a serious commitment that one enters into when one enters into this yes of marriage. That's why it takes several months of preparation to ensure that all the strengths are there, all the, the intention is there, that the preparation needed is there. Sometimes I kind of chuckle a bit to myself whenever a person who's getting married, uh, sometimes they'll, they'll complain about the six-month rule, right? you got to have at least six months of preparation. I had six years of preparation at the seminary. If it will let me in at six months after preparation, you ought to have a terrible, terrible priest on your hands. The time is a good thing, it's a strengthening thing, to be able to build up what is present there because it is so, so incredibly important, so incredibly valuable. Again, not just to the individuals, it's valuable to the church, valuable to the world. It is the foundation of everything of society. When the family falls apart, everything falls apart. And we see that. We're seeing that in our country. We're seeing that in our world in so many places. And this is why we must pray for families. Pray for the Institute of Sacred Matrimony. Pray for married persons. Pray for an increase in vocations to holy matrimony, not simply to civil ceremonies, but to a willingness to be able to let God be the center and the foundation of that entire bond. To truly join two souls together and not two individuals in their home is for us to pray for this sacrament, to pray for those who experience trials in their marriage as well, for those who have experienced the cross of divorce, to pray for healing of hearts. Let us ask our blessed Lord to pour these many graces upon us, that our world, our society, our church, might continue to be built up rather than torn down, that by the goodness of matrimony in the world, those who would share in the dignity of it can shine with the brightness necessary for our world to see its goodness, to rejoice in it, to celebrate it, and to thank God for the gift bestowed.